Right. All right. Here we go. Matthew chapter 22. Oh, we did 21? Uh, <laughs> yes, oh, we did okay. 21. Am I crazy? <laughs> no, no I we just... did 21. Um, starting the timer. Okay. Matthew chapter 22 starts with the wedding banquet parable. Oh, now we're getting good stuff. <laughs> Um, so the king prepares banquet for the son. I don't, I guess I don't need to rehearse the... Yeah, tell it if you, you want. Just you, summarize if you want okay. or whatever. Um, servants, ga- servants gather those invited and they refuse to come. Then the servants, then he tells the servants to say the dinner's prepared and people paid no attention. They went off to their jobs or they mistreated the servants. The king was enraged, sent armies to destroy them and their cities because of it. Then the banquet's ready, so the king sends the servants to invite anyone they can find, the bad and the good. And then when the king came to see the guests, uh, he saw a man without wedding clothes there and said, how do you get? How did you get in here? And they tied it hand and foot, threw him outside in the darkness with the na- weeping and gnashing of teeth. Gnarly. Many are invited, few are chosen, it ends with. So, I mean... My understanding is this is about the Jews and the Gentiles and... It starts off that way. starts off about how it's the Jews who were invited. First. The Gentiles are the ones that they they end up inviting because the Jews treat them so poorly and yeah. then... But before he invites the Gentiles, what does he say happens? Uh, he Oh, he destroyed them in their city. So that's, that's a... Indir- that's a direct preaching by Christ of it's coming. Your destruction's coming. You've been invited to this wedding uh-huh. openly by the Father. You've mistreated the people who've invited you. Uh-huh. You've rejected coming. You won't accept me as the Son. You're gonna die. And there is there a one-to-one moment when he destroyed them, the Jews in their cities, yeah. in this pair. But okay, I I guess I s- still have the hardest time with the timeline. So the the destruction, the destruction of Jerusalem, yeah. right? That happens. I mean, according to the parable, it'd be that happens first, and then Gentiles are invited. Yeah, Is that and right? that's where you have to use some uh, thought to make it make sense and okay. stand on all fours. Okay. But so in the first part of the parable, it's the Jews. I've come to you, the house of Israel. Will you accept me? They don't. So. He tells what will be their end. Okay. Whether it's chronological in the story is not what you look at. Okay. You look at the fact that you're gonna be destroyed because you rejected me. Okay. And then you bring in the other what comes next, because Jews don't speak in chronology, they speak in like a movie, okay. flashbacks and stuff okay. like that. So that's what he's telling them the tale. Okay. So then the, the king, he goes and he sends his servants. He says, go out to the highways and byways. And anybody who wants to come, bring them in. Uh-huh. So there's no more just Jews. Now it's Paul. He started with Peter. And now it's Paul going out into the Roman Empire and calling everybody in who will come. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But then Jesus lets you know there, it's not just show up as you are. You have to be properly clothed. Mm-hmm. And in scripture, the proper clothing is when you have changed from what you are in this world to being dressed 
for the kingdom of God. To change your apparel is a symbol of changing your heart. That that comes up in other places. Yeah, in other places. Oh, okay. Paul goes and he does a teaching. He says, put on this, put on the, take off this, take off oh, this. Okay. This parable is speaking of what it means to go and be properly dressed. Why? Hmm. Because when they had weddings back then, they had apparel for weddings hmm. that were like gowns that the guests would even be given to wear into the wedding. Because you couldn't come in your street clothes. Oh. You had to be properly dressed oh, okay. to be accepted. Okay. Right? And so even though he invites everybody to come in, uh -huh. the good fish and the bad fish, everybody, come on in. But something else is going to happen. And what is that? They, yeah, they send the one out to... The king. God himself. The king. So this sends. is a picture of yeah. the kingdom of heaven. And he's looking at all the Gentiles now who have come in and professed him and said they're, say they're Christians and say they're this and all this. Everybody's been invited. Yeah. Now let's do the sorting between the good fish and the bad fish. Yeah. How did you get in here? He says yeah. to one of the guests. Yeah. He's not polite to that guest. Yeah. He's like, how did you get in? You're not dressed right. And the guy has nothing he can even say. Yeah. And, and that's a picture of the heavenly realm. You might be able to get into the kingdom, uh -huh. but don't expect to be received if you're not properly dressed. How are you dressed? In the by the grace of God upon you that you receive and clothe yourself in that by what he gives you to wear and that's uh, going to be your resurrected body in my estimation so if uh, you go in and you show up in a resurrected body that's not fit uh -huh. I don't know how that would happen but the God says out and so he casts him where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth which to me suggests that there will be those who believe they belong in the kingdom and they're gonna be cast out because they're not properly, and they're gonna actually cry. Mm -hmm. Now the people who don't believe in God or Christ, they're not gonna care about being in that kingdom where he is. Mm -hmm. So there's no weeping and wailing for them. I That's see. specific to people who think they're Christian, and they're not. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, yeah. There were a few things that were unclear, like we've had conversations in past episodes about what the kingdom of heaven is, mm -hmm. and there was a kingdom of heaven on earth that Jesus is referring to. That to was the a Jews. Jews. Yeah. yeah. So he's not referring to that in this. It's like what's to come. The kingdom of heaven on earth that is the Jews that wouldn't come to the earthly uh -huh. receive my son. Uh -huh. So that then shifts to the kingdom of heaven above. Okay. And that like this parable technically has not happened yet because right. Jesus is telling it. Okay. All right. I just had to clear that up. That's all in the future. Okay. And um, so, you, yeah, that was something I wondered, like, uh, in the metaphor, like, all people are invited. So if it's happening now, this parable is what's going on right yeah. now. All people are invited in the same way that you kind of have said, like, all is taken care of by Jesus, yeah. but not all will take it. That's so right. all are saved mm -hmm. to, saved from, but not mm -hmm. saved to. Right. Is that what that yeah. is? Okay. They're saved from hell where that used to be in place where torment was. Okay. Now all are fixed in terms of being saved to a heavenly realm uh, from, excuse me. From the hell. From the hell, yeah. but not to the kingdom. But they think they will. So Th that person in yeah. this parable, Jesus is teaching. So later yeah. when we bring everybody else in, we're inviting them all. Yeah. 
but they aren't just going to all come in freely. There will be an expectation on them, yeah. and they will be assessed as to whether they should be present or not. Yeah, I I feel like, I, I, though I don't know anything in terms of context, I feel like that would suggest it's everybody, and the clothed ones are the ones accept, that accept yes. Jesus, yeah. not... Not that it's all Christians and the ones who are really Christian. Like, I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, but... Everyone, not just Christians. Everyone, but everyone will be there because they followed and embraced the spirit of Christ. The ones who are properly dressed. Whether they knew it was him or not. The properly dressed. Yeah. Properly dressed means they understood Jesus correct. Well, either that or they loved. And they learned it's Jesus Spirit. They're following the spirit of Christ in this life, whether they know him directly as okay. the man with the beard in Jerusalem. Yeah. Right. Okay. So undressed is not knowing, and that could be Christians or just people. It's going to be people who, who profess Christianity who, yeah. or not yeah. just people who don't understand him. Yeah. Okay. Who haven't loved. Okay. That's the fruit. And they haven't loved. They won't be dressed up properly. Okay. And you think that, okay. So like... The clothes properly, like, I'm trying to understand where, I I kind of actually, I'm realizing I thought there were three thresholds, or three sects now, after life, which is people who didn't believe at all, people who believed but didn't do enough, didn't love much, and the people who, like, loved more, like, mature Christians, but you're saying it's one or the other. It's just not belief or love. Only in this parable, I'm saying. Okay. Okay. But, but the, in rea- in like what you think is happening. Okay, and so that takes us to something that is going to be a little bit more complex. And okay. so let me explain it. God told uh, them to build a tabernacle, and they built the tabernacle with certain specifications, and so there was a large square. Yeah. Just saying it that way. And that was called the outer court. Okay. okay. And then there was an inner square. Oh. And that was called the inner court. And then inside that was the Holy of Holies, okay. where the high priest once a year would go in. Okay. Okay. The Jews apparently, and I, I, I say this, but Jews apparently referred to the outer court as the way. Okay. Mm. They called that the way. And so, and then the inner court where is where others were. They called that the truth. They called that area of the truth. And then the Holy of Holies, they called the life because God would come and he would visit that place. Wow. Okay. That tabernacle is modeled specifically after what heaven is, according to God. Wow. He had them built it to specific uh, specifications to replicate what the heavenly kingdom looks like. Material kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so when Jesus came, he said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. All three of them. No man comes to the Father but by me. Okay, that's what he said. So what the way to understand this parable then uh-huh. is some will enter into the kingdom who just knew the way. Uh-huh. What way is that faith? But perhaps... Uh, they just had the faith, okay? Those who are in that and go into the next one, go in because they learn the truth. They studied, they learn the word. 
and they began to understand him in a more intimate way because God diligently seeks for people to seek him. And then those who love and choose to take those teachings they learned and actually love, they go into the life. Okay? Because So there are kind of uh, some, even within the faith, now Mormonism teaches three kingdoms. Well, that is definitely a biblical uh, tenet, except he teaches some crazy thing about celestial, terrestrial, and telestial. But the Jews had it that there will be some who enter in by the way, which is faith, but they don't have any teachings or anything. Some will enter into the truth. They learn, and some will enter into the life, which is where God dwells. So in this, we just have him apparently speaking to everybody who enters into the way. It's, they all came into the wedding. They all came into the wedding. This is where the wedding. whole, the okay. kingdom, yeah. And he's saying, you're not even dressed right, out. So they, the out, sorry to belabor the is analogy. A but the out, it's out of the temple. Yeah, it's out, okay. of the, the, it's out of the new Jerusalem. Okay. Yeah, it's outside of it. Okay. Where there's weeping okay. and wailing and gnashing of teeth okay. by those who probably thought they should belong in. Okay. I've always understood. That makes sense. I've understood the what you're saying is the way to have been the gnashing of teeth area. Oh, no, no, like no. That's the outside. Yeah, that's yeah. They had no faith. They have no faith there. It's just not even really. Okay. But they have no sin either because of Jesus paying for it. So the gnashing of teeth is... What is that? To me, I interpret that as somebody who believed they should have been in the wedding, that that was their right, oh. and they got there through a way that was not being clothed by God. Oh. They did it themselves, their own righteousness. Right, I see. Yeah. So Paul, That's what you were saying earlier. Yeah. They okay. try to get in with their own righteousness, but their, their own righteousness, Scripture says, are filthy rags. That's, they're filthy rags. So... Thomas, I mean, some religious leader who thinks their works are getting them in there, clothe themselves in their own righteousness, fig leaves, uh -huh. and they go in and God's like, you're not dressed right. Wow. Out. So crazy. Yeah. And, um, that, but just to say something I thought I heard you say earlier is there are probably people outside that aren't gnashing their teeth because yeah. they weren't trying to put yeah. on the clothes. Yeah, they never, I mean, I'm not mad I'm not in trying. there. I don't want to oh, be where okay. God is. Okay. I love okay. the dark. Okay. Right? This right. is, these are my homies. So yeah. They're, and their sin's taken care of. They just don't have a body that's rewarded by God that is able to abide in that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, wow. Hmm. That's a crazy That's a parable. Gnarly parable. <laughs> Gnarls Barkley. Right so much so much of it's not Oh, one last thing is you say like would you say your perspective on this is technically what Jews now should also believe? Like like you're going by what the Jews we're describing the way the truth of life yeah. like you're going off of that like they should technically believe that that's what's coming in the kingdom of heaven later right if they read the tanakh the jews should know that the messiah came and, uh, uh, but okay but P jews who don't who don't who yeah. insist that he hasn't yeah they would think that that's is what's coming yeah what, the heaven that you're describing yeah. like it's it's the same thing yeah they would think that jesus didn't come and like disrupt what they thought heaven would be. Right. Is that right? right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Um, Imperial, oh my gosh, we only have four minutes left. Imperial Tax to Caesar story. Is, <laughs> is this give to Caesar what Caesar's? It's awesome. It's so great. Yeah. And it, I, okay, a couple things. For It really was just clarifying to hear that because it, it helped you with yes. your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. I but I wanted to know what you think the Pharisees would have thought they he'd say to trap him. Like they thought he might say, "Don't pay anything to to uh, Caesar." Okay. I'm from God. Heaven's a heavenly place. Forget that. And then they would have been able to trap him for being an insurrectionist oh. against Rome. Okay, trap him, like, legally yeah. to kill him. Yeah. I see, I see. And that way Pontius uh, Pilate wouldn't say, he would, He said, don't pay taxes. Yeah. And Rome would have said, did you say don't pay taxes? And he said, yes, don't yeah. And then they would have killed him, no problem. But he said, get the Caesar what Caesar's. Right, okay. So, too, in what, life, when we're here, you do what it is. Yeah, that's like one-to-one. Jesus didn't even. Yeah. Why do people think? I don't know. It's so stupid. Yeah. I get the not wanting to pay taxes, but that's just a personal thing. Oh, yeah. It's all personal. (laughs) And when they use Jesus for that reason, you know, Christians shouldn't pay taxes to to a godless state. Shut up. I really see that now. Yeah. It's taken me so long to understand that. Good. You're learning. Yay. Okay. Same day. (laughs) The Sadducees who say there's no resurrection came to him with a question. How... I was just curious how they are resurrection deniers. Like, what what does that mean? Yeah, they didn't believe there was an afterlife. They were, I can't remember. That, wait, sorry, but that's what that means? Yeah, like, there's if no there's resurrection. No, that means there's no afterlife? Yeah, they, they didn't believe in spirits. Okay. They didn't believe in ghosts. They didn't believe in afterlife. They weren't meta metaphysical people. They were more like, this is an earthly kingdom. This is a good church. You know, do your best. It was more a philosophy. Okay. They were like intellectuals. But they didn't buy into the Pharisees all their stuff about resurrection and stuff. Okay. So Pharisees, they were both like of the church still. Yeah. The Pharisees were off in one way and Sadducees exactly. were off in the other. Okay. All the right. Sadducees are known to have been more wealthy, huh. more of this world, like the businessmen of the Jewish community. And they, we don't want to be bothered with all this afterlife stuff, you know, and... And they existed together. I see. Wow. Um, Yeah, I was just going to ask. This is like this sort of breaking up of Judaism. Like you're talking, like every everyone had their opinions now on how it was different. Okay. Um, And then a woman is passed. They they use the story that the woman's passed between the seven brothers because of the law of Moses. Leverite law, yeah. Leverite law. Leverite, yeah. So they were under the impression. I just, I wanted to clear that up. Like, they were under the impression that the resurrection. That there would be marriage. Marriage. Yeah. yeah. Like, how, yeah. I don't really know what my question well, was. the Sadducees but... didn't believe in resurrection, right? Yeah. So they used the doctrine of the Levite marriage to try to trap him. They're, because they yeah. are assuming he he is the, re- he believes in the resurrection. He uh-huh. teaches it. He's with the Pharisees. Uh-huh. So this was like a Pharisee-Sadducee battle that was going on. And he th- they throw him, the Sadducees throw him in the middle of it. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I and see. they use a teaching. Hey, listen, so she marries the first one. He dies. She has no children and goes on through seven brothers. And yeah. then they make the conclusion, who's is she in the resurrection? Okay. To trap him. 
And Jesus is just like, you. this isn't even relevant. Yeah, you don't even get it. Yeah. But, and what, like, this idea of marriage and the resurrection is a thing, though, but it's like Jesus and the bride, right? That's the only marriage and the resurrection, and that took place on earth, and it's very symbolic. But there's no marriage. No people aren't marrying and giving in marriage and the resurrection, but they're like the angels of heaven. That's what yeah. I didn't get what that meant. That meant that you are in a spirit realm. The need for marriage yeah. and all of that is going to go from the two who are physically compatible on this earth to the many who are spiritually compatible in like this giant spiritual okay. orgiastic sense of love. Okay. That's what he says it is. And it's a great one to use with Mormons because mm. they believe in eternal marriage. When Jesus himself said there's no marriage, you know how they say it? They say that's right because when the resurrection happens, no more marriages are going to be performed. Uh, that's how they interpret that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> God, talk about a stretch. Yeah. Sorry, Mormons. Mm-hmm. That one's a stretch. We're about out of time. I had just two quick questions, though. Um, I mean, they're not quick, but Pharisee. The Pharisees ask Jesus what the greatest commandment is, and he says, love, love God and love your neighbor. Was this unheard of at that point? That He, he had said it before. No, it's in the law. He's, like, synthesizing the law into two points. Like, they shouldn't be surprised by him saying Not that. Not at all. They shouldn't be yeah. surprised. It, okay. And they say, what's the greatest commandment? Singular, and commandment. he gives them two. Because the two are together. There is, it's not just one. You can't just love God and not love your neighbor. And you can't just love your neighbor and not love God. Yeah. You can't be the ultimate humanitarian and not love God. You have to love God first and then you love man. That's what he says are the two great commandments. If someone could be the ultimate humanitarian. Doesn't matter. They will be dressed in filthy rags because they did not have faith. In him, who's given them plenty of chances. Why does he want them to have faith? Because he's an egomaniac? No, he wants them to know how to really love. Mm. Because the very best humanitarian usually won't love. They might be able to give all their goods to the poor and suffer and all that. But if someone offends them in the right mm. way, they will come back at them. Yeah. Yeah. He wants them to learn the right way to love. Yeah. So love me first. I'll teach you how to love man. And then I will clothe you rightly in the kingdom. This is a really great chapter. It is a great chapter. It it's like all coming together in crazy ways for me. Good. Um, who do you think the Messiah is? Jesus asked, "Who do you think the Messiah is?" The Pharisees say, "Son of David," and he he was like, "How?" I just wanted to clarify this story. He's saying how. Could David call the Messiah Lord? David calls the Messiah Lord at one point, and he's yeah. like, "If it, I, if the Messiah is David's son, how could he be calling him Lord?" Is that right? Yeah, and so he totally flips them on their head. He says, "David, you say he's the, the Messiah, is just the son of David, but David called the Messiah Lord." Yeah. So what? How, how does that work? And they're they're doomed. <laughs> no one dared ask him yeah. any more questions after that. Why did they, like, doesn't, them calling him the son, the Messiah, the son of David, comes from somewhere, though. Yeah, because he is the son of David genealogically. 
and it's proven and that was important because David was a king mm -hmm. and God said you will always I will always have a king on your throne mm -hmm. well this is the Messiah who will sit be on that throne and govern over that kingdom mm -hmm. they wanted him who's the Messiah he's the son of David David was a great warrior he was a blood shedder. He was somebody who sat on the throne and literally went to battle against all other nations. Mm. So they thought their Messiah was going to be the same thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Instead of, look at. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that, them saying son of David implies, it doesn't, it's not that the son saying son of David is what's wrong because he is the son of right. David. It's that. The son of David implies warrior and yeah. material king and yeah. all this stuff. And Jesus is like... You don't get what the real yeah. Messiah is. And that's why they were willing to put him to death. Because he was a little guy who didn't have any power. No education. Nothing. All right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That's great. Really great. Thank you. Thank you. On to the next. On to the next.